Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 18th, 2023, and today we are reading from the big book, and we're in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 82, the second paragraph. If we have no such complications, ending with, have no homes today would perhaps be dead, reading that one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Elizabeth B., for the 12 Traditions, Jen P., reading the text are Pam S.R., Chris G., and our backup is Vanita L. The newcomer greeter is Reva P., and the host of the second hour is Christine G. The reference numbers for Wednesday, May 17, 2023, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,269. That's 20269. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 20,270. That's 20270. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Elizabeth B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Elizabeth B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12 having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcohol, to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. 
Thank you, Elizabeth B. And I will now ask Jen P. to read the 12 Traditions. Hi, this is Jen P., a grateful recovering compulsive overeater from New Jersey and a privilege to read these traditions. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book and we're in chapter six into action. And if we have not such no such complication ending with have no homes today would perhaps be dead reading that one paragraph only and i will ask pam sr to begin reading good morning this is pam sr recovered compulsive overeater living in austin texas so yes if we have no such complication there is plenty we should do at home Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is to keep sober. Certainly he must keep sober, for there will be no home if he doesn't. But he is yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents whom for years he has so shockingly treated. Passing all understanding is the patience mothers and wives have had with alcoholics. Had this not been so, many of us would have 
no homes today would perhaps be dead. So yes, I am definitely a long way from making good because there is plenty to do at home beyond my amends. You know, the best pulse for me of my recovery isn't what I'm sharing in, in this three minutes. It's how I respond to my family. How did I show up over the last 24 hours? That tells me exactly how recovered I am. Did I react or did I respond? You know, and those are two different things. When I react, I'm in bondage to myself. And when I respond, when I'm my ideal self, you know, that's just a change that's brought about by a power that's, that's greater than me. And it's living in the steps every single day. You know, staying sober only scratches the surface. And for us, it's abstinence is only a beginning. Because a much more important demonstration is, you know, how is it that I behave? What are my actions? And even down to what is my tone of voice? Because if all I needed was relief from food, then I wouldn't need a 12-step program. You know, the only thing I would need is is the doctor's opinion and being abstinent. But that's not what I needed. What I needed was a vital spiritual experience that would free me from the bondage of self. So that this power, this this thing that I'm surrendering to can transform me so that I can commence this new way of living. And, you know, really my ideal self is not rocket science. I just need to stop controlling. And the way I stop controlling is by surrendering. And when I surrender, I can commence to outgrow fear. And that's when I have this new way of life. You know, recently my husband and I went to dinner and we pulled up at the valet, which we never do, and it was just a a storm outside. And he looked at me and he said, do you have any cash? And I pulled out this $5 bill out of the console, and I said, well, this is for my OA meeting. And with such enthusiasm and commitment, he's a very quiet man, but he said, keep it. I'll go through wind and rain for miles. You know, he's a he's a normie, and he doesn't understand recovery. But what he experiences every single day is a new and different life because he has a new and different life. So thank you for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Pam SR, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And again, we're on in the second paragraph on page, um, I'm sorry, I don't have it written down here, whatever page it is, uh, page 82, second paragraph, page 82. So if you haven't shared in the last two days, who would like to share on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Shanna C, Tennessee. Shanna C. Pamela P from Pennsylvania. One F. Rivka oh. Iron Baltimore. Pamela, Pamela P from okay, Pennsylvania. I got you, Pam. I got you, Melissa. Melissa C. 
Did you get Rivka? I, I, I did not. Rivka. Um, Nancy P. Nancy P. Okay. Um, let me tell you who I have, and let's see if I missed anybody. Um, I have Shanna C., Pamela P. I feel like there was someone after her that I missed. Melissa C., Rifka R., Nancy P. Anyone I missed? Yeah, Lynn F. In Lynn F., yes, yes. I knew, I knew it was someone I knew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so we'll go with Shanna C., Pamela P., Lynn F., Melissa C., Rifka R and Nancy P, unless anyone else wants to jump in before I close this one off. Okay, let's go with this. Um, Shanna C, followed by Pamela P. Good morning. This is Shanna C, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Through God's grace and these 12 steps and, and the people who have helped me, especially my sponsor, um, I am so loving this paragraph uh, mainly because it's just so true I found that I'm definitely someone that will I can go to extremes in anything even a good thing um, and become so focused on just I'll just say for example my food and the fact that I've lost but weight and I've got to eat a certain way and, it bec- and then I'll still make everything about me and making sure everything is so perfect with my food plan and this that and there is especially at the very beginning a certain extent of that has to happen and it feels so clunky and mechanical. You know, when putting down the food and, and learning a new way to eat, thus learning a new way to live. My mind without, you know, good guidance and surrender to a power greater than myself will so focus on the food and forget about my family. And I'm not, I'm still not doing, <laughs> still not living in the principles. I'm still making it all about me and my food. So grateful for good guidance and good balance and, and a day to day at a time kind of thing now to where, you know, the food is down and I can focus on the principles and, and, and being a contributor to my family, being with my family, the whole point in, in asking God to remove the obsession, being relieved of this obsession so that I can be helpful to other people, particularly my family. Those are the ones that have dealt with me the most, the ones that have had to listen to me complain about my weight and how much and listen to how much I weigh and oh my God, and now I'm wearing this size and oh my God, I can't eat this and oh my God, I can't eat that and blah, blah, blah. You know, I get sick of myself hearing myself say those things. I can imagine what my poor family has dealt with. So anyway, um, grateful that it's not like that anymore um, and grateful that I don't have to force everybody else to, to eat the way that I do and do what I do. Um, I can live and let live. You guys understand what I'm talking about. You guys are, are there for me and, and God understands and, and, and you guys are able to handle that kind of stuff where my family can't and I'm able to give to them rather than constantly take from them. Um, I hope that makes sense, I'm, and I'm so grateful to be here. Um, what a wonderful, beautiful morning it is here in East Tennessee. I'm so grateful to be abstinent. That's all I have. Thanks. Thank you so much, Shanna C. Pamela P., you're up, followed by Lynn F. Hi, this is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Um, so, yeah, I I just is grateful for the fellowship because it's like you all understand what I'm going through having eaten this order. 
And I just also just thankful for another day, um, trying to get it right. I had five day recovery in April and I lost it April sixteenth. It's been hard to get into recovery. And by not giving up before the miracle happened. Yesterday was a blessed day, that because God in program and I also thank God for my partner. And it's not easy being with somebody to have an eating disorder, especially I also have PTSD. I was having so much anxiety yesterday, but I really was prayful, and I called five people every day from program and been very helpful and to my amazing sponsor. So I'm not going to give up before the miracle happens. It's just um, the disease is so sneaky. It could come in any moment. Your one little composer bite could spoil my whole day. And I was going through a lot of anxiety. Because when I first ate late, when I was out yesterday evening, it just it wasn't enough. It, it was too, it, I wanted to eat something else, and I did. And I was able to end it, that it didn't went overboard. So I just thank God for even the little miracles. And I've been praying for today be better than yesterday concerning food, mentally or mostly, my reaction to other. And just try to be in a calm space and don't go to food, to anything, no other reason but nourishment. And keep coming back. And I might never get to my goal weight. Um, I'm really going to keep longer. If i healthy, that should be enough. But that weight means so much to me. That's scared. So I just praying to God that the focus of God program my partner in the fellowship. So thank you to let me say, don't give up on yourself. We all are miracles. Keep coming back. It work and you work it. I pass. Thank you, Pamela. Okay, Lynn F., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, everyone. This is Lynn F., recovered in Pennsylvania. Thank you for the opportunity to share, and thank you to all doing service this morning. Um, The paragraph is wonderful, and I'm excited to continue to read because it reminds me of who I can be. Um, And I'm grateful not to be that person today. However, I'm going to share on the line, it says, certainly he must keep sober so there is no home if he doesn't. And for me, it starts with com- stopping the compulsive eating. And then it continues with continuing to do the work. Um, stopping the compulsive eating is a beginning. And when I read on page 52, the bedevilment paragraph, that's who I am at any given moment, um, not recovered emotionally and not living in 10, 11, and 12. And I don't, I didn't realize how damaged relationships were when I was compulsively eating. But as I recover and thaw out and I do the work and show up each and every day, I'm given opportunity to grow in my own ideals with others in my life. And that is a gift um, from God. And that's a gift I get just keeping close to God and close to you. Um, It tells me, you know, if I don't do this work, um, I wouldn't have a home. Perhaps I'd be dead. That's true. I can kill myself with food. I can also kill others with my words, with my actions, 
with um, practicing my character defect. You know, I may not have a sword, but my verbal banter, my verbal way of being um, has certainly hurt my family. And I don't do that today. Thank you, God. I appreciate what was already shared about showing up and responding. If I don't, if I show up in reaction, there's a problem. I need to get right with God and myself and fellows. Um, I need to show up in response today. And I strive to live there. Um, It's not perfect, but it sure is better than yesterday. So thanks again. Uh, Thank you all for being here. And I pass. Thank you, Lynn F. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Rivka R. Hi, good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, it's... um, I was reading, and yeah, there's uh, plenty that I can do at home, um, and that you know, I think like in early in early recovery and early abstinence, I thought that the only obligation I had, the only thing I really needed to do to focus on was my own recovery, um, and, you know, and my and my abstinence. It was like everything, um, and that everybody else in my family should support that as the as the overarching goal of our family and that's not the overarching goal of my family that's the entry point you know the the overarching goal of my family is to have peace happiness contentment you know to to live these spiritual principles and my abstinence you know my my food I I was so you know laughing when Shanna was speaking because that was a lot of what I was thinking like you know, I used to kind of hold that as um, everybody in the family better support me in my food issues. And that meant, you know, if, if there was any plans to go out to dinner or any plans that involved food any way, shape, or form, it had to be, you know, my way of eating had to be the dominant factor and all that. And what I've come to find out is that, yeah, of course, of course I have to remain sober. I mean, absolutely. But that's nobody else's responsibility but me. I don't have to convince anybody what I can and cannot eat. No one really cares. The only person who really cares is me. But there's plenty for me to do at home. And um, and that's been um, just a beautiful gift, I really, that I've noticed that I can give to my family are the things that I can do at home. Um, you know, I, I, I've shared this before, but like mowing the lawn, how about that? Like, you know, that my husband is, he's tired and, and you know what, he doesn't eat this abstinent way of life. And so he doesn't have the same stamina and energy and I possible health that I do. And, and so there are things around the house this man did for years because I was living in morbid obesity and bondage of the food. And, um, and thankfully today, the gift that I can give is um, to pitch in and help. And those are the plenty of things that I can do at home. You know, I know for myself too, if I, if I eat, if I go back to the food, of course the house starts, you know, physically looking in ruins, but I destroy everything. And I know it because I've, I've nearly done it before. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful that we have this design of living and I don't live that way any longer. Um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, Rivka R., you're up, followed by Nancy P. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's Rivka R., uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore. Um, thank you, everyone, for your service, and especially the lead share. I so related to everything that was said. Um, what's so shocking and sad to me now is how unaware I was when I was under the influence of food and my unrecovered mind. I, I really had no clue how shockingly I had treated my husband. And, you know, here's a man who said he actually contemplated taking out a life insurance policy and having himself killed so I would finally have enough money and be happy. I mean, that that's pretty shocking because I didn't mean to hurt him. I just felt justified by whatever was going on at the moment. Like I thought I had no choice except to react with resentment or shut down or overeat or overreact. The truth is if someone is having a secret and exciting affair with food like I was, you can't help but treat others shockingly. Because as an unrecovered compulsive overeater, my primary primary relationship is going to be with food. Food is what's going to get my the majority of my focus, my desire, my attention, my thoughts, my time, my money, certainly not God and others. And my behavior was shocking. All the hiding and sneaking and binging and resentment and shutting down and being in a drive to control and a drive to be right and a drive to be a victim and losing and gaining and losing and gaining at 50 pounds at a time over and over and over and over again and being so focused on food even though I thought I was so selfless taking care of everyone. There's a a book I read a long time ago that said, addiction is a pathological love and trust relationship with an object or event. The addict departs from the normal function of the object and sets up an abnormal relationship, hoping to get his or her needs met. And and that's that was me. I mean, that that this is a disease. It it makes for upside down and backwards living. I, a funny thing just struck me when I when I'm writing, I always abbreviate compulsive overeater C O E. And as a C O E, my life is unmanageable. But God wants me to be a CEO. It's God that make, gives me the ability to turn those letters around. You know, the boss, the owner, my creator wants me to turn around the COE, the compulsive overeating, so I can be the CEO, the chief executive officer, to effectively manage and take ownership of what I'm creating in my life. And today, with the blinders off and with the relationship with my creator, I can see the truth and live right side up. I, I am enough. I have enough. I can live in gratitude today. And happy people make happy relationships. And if I'm not happy, I know I'm the one with the problem, which is good news because if I'm the one with the problem, then there is a solution. So have a blessed, joyful, and connected day, everyone. Um, I pass. Thank you, Rivka R. Nancy P., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares on page 82, the second paragraph. Hi, good morning. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So, um, I don't have any more complications, and this is the paragraph that articulates my direction going forward. <clears throat> Excuse me. If I want to be more compassionate, more honest, more friendly, more loving, more generous, have more integrity and dependability, et cetera, this is where it changes from being a goal to being my life's work. And, um, you know, 
we're in the ninth step and I do the fourth step so that I can get to the ninth step. And I wrote ideals out, wrote them down in writing about what kind of a, you know, wife and mother of a daughter, of a son, excuse me, um, what kind of a community member I wanted to be, what kind of a coworker, et cetera. I had all that stuff down in each one on its own piece of paper so that I, so that I know where I am. And, um, you know, I didn't, ask my family for anything other than to um if they would mind wouldn't mind letting me know when I if I started to get out of hand um but none of them ever did I mean I don't know that they ever would have but um I think this is where I didn't think about it I just shut up and kept swimming you know, when are we going to get to England? Shut up and keep swimming. I just did continued, continued, continued to do the things that I had wanted to do. And when I defined what qualities, you know, what do I want God to be and what do I want God to do for me? That's what I was told to do on page 47 and in We Agnostics. And that was when I came to terms with my own agnosticism. And the answer was, make me into these things that I want my you know, that I want this thing that takes care of me to be, make me like that. And um, today, you know, absolutely, the food, putting the food down is a given. I, you can't go anywhere without that. And um, so the food has been down for five and a half years, and I'm joyful and happy and buoyant, and I live in intense white light. It's wonderful. But um, I don't let the things, my own character defects, I'm super hyper vigilant about them and um and I don't let that stuff interfere with my life and when you know for my family's sake I um you know if we go out to eat I, I they know now I'll eat boiled liver as long as I can eat it I just need one thing that I can eat and they are very respectful about that I don't have to say I, you know whiny I can't do that I can't I don't care what it is cuz I don't go out to eat for the food. I go out to be with my family and to get a little break, et cetera. Um, and I can say that, you know, I was with my daughter um, a couple of years ago and she wanted to do something or go somewhere. And I said, well, I don't know. I have to think about it. And she said, well, what do you have to think about it? I said, I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. She said, why are you uncomfortable? And in my mind, I said, yeah, Nancy, why are you uncomfortable? And right then I said, she deserves better and you deserve better. And so what I said out loud in the two seconds that it took me to think those things was, you know what, you're right, and I'm not going to do that anymore. And if I start to do that, I want you to tell me. And I have never been worried or frightened about that, about her again. And I never thought in a billion, billion years that that would ever be. I mean, I just was so frightened all the time. Thank you. And, um, yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, we're on page 82, the second paragraph. If we have not such complications, then uh, reading that one paragraph, and if you haven't shared in the last couple days, who would like to share? Benita L. Minnesota. Colleen M. Benita L. Bonnie B. Colleen M. Joanne C. Joanne C. Toby K. Toby K. Anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Let me take a couple more. 
Okay, we have Benita L, Bonnie, I think it was B, um, Colleen M, Joanne C, and Toby K. Go ahead, please, Benita. Hi, Vanita L. here, recovered compulsive reader from Georgia. So, yeah, my, I don't think I realized how bad my relationships were until I got in recovery and I got abstinent. And um, as my mind got clearer and as my um, perception got more sensitive, I'm becoming much more conscious about how I relate to people. And I did spend a lot of my life like trying to get other people to change and pointing out their errors, which is disastrous, and thinking it was my divine right to, you know, correct people and stuff. And I do think, obviously, there's a, when you have agreements with people and they're not kept, there is something about holding people accountable to agreements, but it's not my job. Actually, it's my ego that looks for faults in other people and is going to comment on them and then correct them. So when I do that, I'm just reinforcing my ego, which doesn't work for relationships, um, as most of us have learned. So... um, yeah, like looking at people and focusing to see the divine light in them, you know, seeing the beauty in their eyes and becoming more present and dropping my agendas has really improved my relationships a lot. And I used to hide in food. Um, I used to hide in food at gatherings and stuff like that. So um, showing up to be there with people and not have food be the main event has been a great blessing also. I super appreciate this paragraph and everyone who's making this meeting happen. Thank you. Thank you, Vanita. Okay, Bonnie B, you're up, followed by Colleen M. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Bonnie B, gratefully recovered in the state of Minnesota today. Um, so this paragraph is... It speaks to the heart for me because in the end, what it comes down to is me purposing to live simply and yet focused. And the living simply is to take my eyes off of myself and put it back on the creator, on my God. Um, When I first came into program, it was all about me again. It was my program. How do I get it done? How do I do it? All roads led back to me. Same situation as so many of you have spoke of. And now what I do is I wake up and I just ask God, you know, help me to live simply and yet stay focused on you. And I do that by looking at my step work. In the morning, I look at the seventh step and I ask myself, you know, how am I doing in certain areas? Because if I show up unselfish today, if I show up, um, you know, in a state of self-control, if I'm so focused and, and, and um, courageous and tolerant of others, instead of the opposite of those, which were what I lived in before, Everyone is, um, everyone is pleased. Life is good. I just have to stay focused on the source, which for me is God, and, um, and trust him for the rest. I, everything flows out of it. I can just stay focused on him. My growth, my spiritual growth comes from not focusing directly on myself, but from concentrating on God, from looking to what, you know, what his ideals are for me. And yes, 
not optional that I'm out of the food. I have to be out of the food. That's a given. But he does that for me as I focus on him. That's just a byproduct. It's like when I came into the program, I had all these goals. and The number one goal was to get to a certain body weight. I came to understand that's an add-on. That's just an add-on. All these other things, keeping the food down, that's an add-on. If I stay focused on God, if I live simply and stay focused on God, the food is down. Because as my mind goes, so goes my body. And then I get to focus on being of service to others. I can ask myself, you know, throughout the course of the day, how can I, how can I be of use? How can I help someone else by thinking differently than I used to think? Um, yeah, it's an inside-out, upside-down job. On page 13 in the book, it says, hold on, i got to go there for a second. It says, um, it says, common sense would thus become uncommon sense. This is where I live. Everything that I thought made sense, it's the opposite. If I release it all, God takes care of it all. I don't have to grab onto anything anymore. I just have to say, what would you have me to do today? How can I be of service? Keep my eyes on you and others, and everything else just flows out of it. But being of service at home is definitely part of the program, and everyone benefits from it. And I appreciate you guys so very much. Thanks for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Okay, Colleen M, you're up, followed by Joanne C, or Joni C, Joanne C, Joanne C. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Colleen M, compulsive recovered overeater from Maryland. And um, I, I want to tap into what a lot of people have already talked about, that um, I thought food was my problem. For so many years, you know, it was just all about getting the food down being thin, being in a, in a, a attractive body, um, and then, you know, everything would be fine, right? I would be perfect and, and the world would be perfect. And, you know, doing this work this time around in complete abstinence, you know, it's it's so much bigger than that. And it, the sentence that talks about um, when the alcoholic believes that all he needs to do is to keep sober, certainly he must keep sober for there's, um, there's no, oh, anyway, that, that's not it. Um, basically, uh, I kind of too want to tap into the paragraph after um, this, um, the hearts, hearts are broken and sweet relationships are dead. I, I just did a lot of destruction in my disease over the years to the people that I love the most. Oh, I want, I know what it was. I wanted to share about, um, making good to the wife or parents whom for years he is so shockingly treated. You know, I, I treated the people in my life um, so poorly in my disease. And then in the book, it talks about that we are unlovable creatures in our disease. And, um, and I certainly was, but it was never my fault. It was always somebody else's fault. Right. And I was always manipulating and, and trying to get, you know, what I needed um, because uh, I just, yeah, I just couldn't see the truth. Today, um, like it was said, if I, I've got this is a spiritual program and an action program, so I have to show up um, one with my higher power on a daily basis and ask for guidance and direction, and then I have to um, take action and um, put the food down um, and change. 
Um, but I can't change myself. I have to, I have to rely on my higher power to change me. It's been a slow, slow process, and I know I've got a long way to go. But um, if I show up today um, and do this work, then I have a shot at being a different person and in the lives of my family, which, you know, they see the good, the bad, and the ugly. I, I can certainly sound wonderful on a telephone uh, call with, with a, a stranger for 15 minutes, but when I have to uh, be in relationship with my husband and children and sisters and parents, um, you know, that's a whole different thing. So, um, so today it's, it's so, so much of a gift and this, the changes within me are incredible even to me. And I love what it was said about it's an upside down, you know, what I think was right usually is not right. And when I'm disturbed, Fine, it's please. because, something thank you there's something wrong with me and something that i need to change in myself with the help of my higher power thanks for letting me share have a great day thank you okay joanne c you're up followed by toby k hello can you hear me yes thank you hi everyone my name is joanne c from montreal canada grateful compulsive eater recovered by the grace of god today what I like about several things about this uh, this paragraph is perhaps um, to, uh, no home today would perhaps be dead. I would be I would be dead. It was a day that I realized that the seriousness of this disease, the seriousness of this disease, affected more than just me and my body and my mind, but affected other people, especially in my home. Uh, I was brought to the 12 steps that brought me to this power that I choose to call God, that transformed me and changed my nature and continues to do so on a daily basis. And there are living amends that I continue to do. Yes, being abstinent, absolutely. We need to stay um, quiet with our alcoholic foods and be at peace with them, and that they are not the ones that drive my life anymore. It is a God that is gentle, kind, tolerant, forgiving, accepting, and quiet in its nature. Those are my spiritual principles for me today, and especially in my family. It is through living amends every day, through whatever situation, and I'll tell you there are some situations that my character defects do come up, and it is only by this 12-step process through the 10, 11, and 12 that we live today, for, for me anyway, I live today in the spiritual uh, principles, which is God's will for my life, and... Um, it is how I keep quiet and serene. So, um, yeah, passing all understanding is to the patient, mother, child, husband, and other members. Because for many, many years, my family was patient with me. And now I have to give forward to them in how I live and how I behave in my day to day. With that, I pass. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Joanne C. from Montreal. Toby K., you're up. And then we'll have time for about three more shares. Toby K., we cannot hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I was unmuting. I I didn't hear that you called me. Um, Hi, Toby K. from New York. Um, Recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for hearing me. Um, I could really relate a lot to this paragraph. Um, I was uh, in Israel at my son's house for uh, about two and a half weeks. And... um, you know, my daughter-in-law knows do the you know to help me with my program, but I kept saying, uh, "I hope it's not too much trouble. I hope it's not too much trouble." Blah blah blah, and she said, "Your middle name is trouble." And I go, "Oh my God, did you hear what she said?" Uh, I said to myself, "And um, you know, I'm doing ten step. It's it's not nice. It's it's disrespectful, all of that." And then I was. Uh, sharing with someone and she said you know you're in her home she's doing for you (laughs) you're not the boss Uh, you're not giving the directions of what you need be helpful and try to work with her so that she doesn't feel overburdened by by my needs because she always has company and is doing stuff all over the place and uh, I know I have to take care of myself and not put the burden on her. And um, I need to be gracious and thankful that she is hosting me. And uh, I thank I th- I thank the program so much because I would never think of that in the past. I, I would be focused on myself, and now the program is helping me to think about others and to be considerate of their needs. Thank you, I passed. Thank you, Toby. Okay, so we have nine minutes. So if there's three more people who haven't shared in the last couple of days, who would like to share on the second paragraph on page 82, please give me your name. Deanna M. from Texas. Deanna M. Star one to unmute. Blanca BG. Blanca BG. Anyone else? Joanne P. Joanne P. Okay, well, thank you. Um, that'll take us to the end. So go ahead, please, Deanna M., followed by Blanca BG. Hi, I'm Deanna, recovered uh, compulsive overeater in Texas. Um, when I look at this paragraph, um, when I think about making good to my adult children, for whom years of 35 years of dieting, how it affected my daughters and the blind spots that I had because I could see how they also struggled with food as my mother struggled with food. And so there I was um, dieting my, my head off, 
with these daughters, one of whom struggled with her weight from the age of 18 months. And I knew that there was a resonance between me and her. And I did not want to tell this whole family, she can't have dessert, but everybody else can. I never wanted to isolate her. Um, And it was just very difficult because I could relate so much to her, but I couldn't help her. And I was trying to struggle along myself without a 12-step approach. And I was just white-knuckling all my dieting. And now today, she checks herself into rehab as a bulimic without telling me. And how heartbreaking it is because in a way, it's resonant, but in a way, she can't talk to me because I was not emotionally available for her. And the heartbreak of that. And how do I make good and rebuild a relationship with her and let her have her recovery as I have my recovery? And over the years when she was losing and I was gaining or we were both losing and we could connect over that, right? So I just asked my higher power to help me redeem the years the locusts have eaten and say, it is what it is today. And I will just patiently rely on my higher power as we both struggle with this addiction. And there's boulders in our emotional relationship that my higher power will chip away at. And I did the best I could as a mama. I'm doing the best I can to follow the 12 steps now to restore this. Um, And she's doing her, her part and I am patient. And I'm grateful for any connection we have. And she can eat whatever she wants when she comes to my house. I'm not talking about her food recovery. But I realized that my lack of emotional availability when she was young really affected her and our relationship. But you know what? We're both still breathing. So the movie's not over. So I remain encouraged. And that's how I want to make good on all these blind spots that my food addiction resulted in in my family. But I feel hopeful today that it will not stay this way by God's will. And if I just keep aligning, I'll know what to do. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Deanna M. And now we'll have Blanca BG followed by Joanne P. Blanca BG, press star one. Can I be heard? Yes. Can I be heard? I'm sorry. Yeah. Good morning, yeah. everyone, brothers and sisters in program and moderator. Thank you. Um, yes. I, you know, I've heard the same thing over and over this morning from <clears throat> others in program about the ripple effect. You know, I, I it's amazing that I was so um, ignorant of, of of the real harm and horror of the addiction. It it how it just had such a ripple effect on my entire family when I was growing up. It it just affected everyone, and addiction does that. It did that to me, um, you know, with my rage and my outbursts and my um, insisting on controlling everything and everyone and. Today, I see my son is struggles with this addiction. He is not in a program, but it's uh, it is it is very hard to watch. It's heartbreaking because um, 
he doesn't ask me my advice, so I don't give it. So he knows I've been in the program for 21 years. But he has seen my struggles also. He's seen, uh, he's witnessed my relapses. So, uh, you know, I, I think he just shies away from talking to me about it. But it has an effect now. He has a family. And it affects his family. He has outbursts and, you know, will get angry and and yell at the kids or, it, you know, arguable or silly things with his wife. And I, as I sit back and I quietly watch when I see and but I'm I'm here for him you know and I continue to uh to let him know that I support him in every way and that right now is all I can do and if he asks me about my my experience strength and hope I will certainly give it to him but I am reminded of how deadly uh this disease is and how it does indeed and can uh, it doesn't affect everyone, everyone, and everything around around us. And on that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, um, Joanne P., you have two minutes, please. <clears throat> Hi, this is Joanne P. from Pennsylvania. Very grateful, compulsive eater in recovery. This paragraph really... Um, reminds me of where I was and where I am now. And um, at first when I came into the program, yes, um, keeping sober was like the main goal. But as I worked the steps with my sponsor, my sponsor kept saying, with each step, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. And, you know, when I got to step 11 and realized you know, and thought about who I was, wow, and where am I going? I realized that um, there is uh, the sentence in here that says uh, he's a long way from making good to the wife or parents whom for years he has shockingly treated. Yeah, but people in my, my husband and my children and, you know, the people in my life, And my marriage is like, wow, you know, I have to practice these principles in all my daily affairs one day at a time and try to be, um, yeah, the loving person that God wants me to be, to put away all my self-pity and my character defects and learn to love and to serve one another with humility and to accept people for who they are instead of, um, you know, my old ways where I thought I was responsible for helping people be who I thought they should be. So I'm so thankful for this program, for all of you, Um, especially thankful for my sponsor and our 12 steps and recovery. It's just a beautiful thing. And, um, that I passed. Thank you so much for letting me share and thank you for your service. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for our second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, May 18th, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,272. That's 20272. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Will Chris G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.